every weekday morning following me on this legendary, iconic radio station, Talk Radio 77 WABC, comes my dear friend, who really does a terrific show, whether it's local or national, sports, politics. Brian Kilmeade does it all. And, of course, you watch him every morning, Fox and Friends on Fox News. What a great show he's got on Saturday nights. I've been on a bunch as a guest. One Nation, also on Fox News. So he's back. He's on weekly because I love him, and he's great. My friend Brian Kilmeade. Brian, happy hump day Wednesday morning. How are you, pal? All good. What's on your mind, Sid? Well, I'll tell you what's funny is when we're done with this conversation, coming up in about 25 minutes is going to be my friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, who has really done a good job here. He's on about twice a month now, and I think for the most part, my listeners appreciate it. There's a couple of idiots who complain, but I couldn't care less. But he's got a big week coming up. The state of the city, as you know, Brian, comes your way tomorrow. And all this migrant news, asylum seekers, soup kitchens in Brooklyn. It comes down to one thing. I'm getting the same criticism almost every day from a bunch of people. One is he's got to call out Joe Biden by name. National government, federal government, not good enough. He's got to call out Joe Biden by name. And secondly, he's got to shed the sanctuary city because you can't have it both ways. You can't be a sanctuary city and then complain about too many migrants. Are those the same two criticisms You've got for Mayor Eric Adams. Absolutely. And I remember the first week he took the job, he went up to Albany. He said, guys, you got to reform this no cash ballot. My guys are dispirited. Uh, you got to give them qualified immunity. You got to let them feel empowered on the streets. I, we can't process these cases quick enough to keep these people behind bars, give judges some discretion. And they laughed at him. Basically, they told him, hey, Mayor, don't, don't come back here with that. We, we, we legislated that. That's not your business. These are the rules. Deal with it. And what he should do is realizing that he's more popular than all of them, call out their names. Who are the left-wing lunatics who think this current no-cash bail system is actually working? Think, think about Adam Klotz, the 37-year-old meteorologist, does a great job. By the way, good athlete, really a fit guy. Uh, you see somebody's hair, they literally put a match to this guy's hair. He said, guys, knock that off. What are you doing? They beat the hell out of him for about a half hour. They found, by the way, there's another picture of him. Yeah. And basically, when Adam, Eric Adams comes out, he goes, well, it's a revolving door. Uh, they found another guy that they're looking for. Uh, they got a big reward of, I think, $3,500 if you can report him. He's probably got uh, algebra today. The kid's in high school. <laughs> so I'm sure he's not going or certainly not excelling. No. <laughs> so uh, so here, here's the thing. He, he, he says it's revolving door of justice. It's not okay. I mean, to think that they got three of these guys— Three of these guys, and they get out the same day. Now you got to go sue privately, and and that's what you got to do. You got to start costing this city so much money that these lawmakers start losing their seats. You know, I know the uh, this will come up uh, during your show. Obviously, it's the cover of today's New York Post, and it reads Brian Kilmeade: The Bronx is turning. Fed up with New York City crime, shop owners hire private guards to fight back, and the mayor in his office uh, will tell us, and it's true that uh, most crimes are down, including murders and shootings. Yes, assaults are up, hate crimes are up, but they seem to be making some headway. Right, that's true, robberies are up. They seem to be making some headway, but stories like this don't help the mayor and the city where a whole block in the Bronx basically says, you can't help us, we'll help ourselves. Your thoughts on that? $18 an hour, uh, five at a time. You know, you can't, in one store can't afford it, but what if the whole strip affords it? So can you imagine this? You take your small part to, uh, uh, profit margin and you give it out and you hire patrol ambassadors to work with police 
and hopefully deter the next robbery. But the question is, you put your hands on somebody as they walk in and they just strip, uh, strip these shelves. Uh, they go into CVS and, and they take everything they can. Can they put their hands on somebody? Can they tackle them? Do they have guns? Uh, so what can they actually do? Because we hear these security guards are told, don't touch them. They, they, you know, they're supposed to sit there and not doing anything. So that's why they're so brazen when they walk in. Uh, you know, Curtis Sliwa and I were texting yesterday because of the Adam Clot situation. These, the subways are wide open, too. He's thinking, I got to get my 300 Guardian Angels back. This is going to be 1970 all over again. I mean, to me, if I'm seeing this and I'm the mayor, I'm embarrassed. The people on Fordham Road in a, a nice shopping district are so sick of being robbed, they have to pay extra money with the, the biggest police force in the country in order to get a degree of security. How unbelievable is that? It is ridiculous. No, oh, it is hard to believe. Brian Kilmeade coming up at 10 o'clock, of course, One Nation and Fox and Friends on uh, Fox News. Uh, let's move from the local stuff to the national stuff. I have to tell you, Brian, that if I hear one more story about another location where they found more documents, whatever hair I've got left, I don't have much, I'm going to set it on fire. I mean, I just don't care. I don't. I understand what he's done is bad. He's lied. He, but he's a bad guy, right? And if I'm going to make an argument that with Donald Trump, what he did wasn't all that bad, and I know that Biden was the VP and the senator, not the president, I can't get too crazy with this. I have to be consistent. This story is going on way too long. It's too much. And in the end, you know this. There will be zero repercussions for both Donald Trump and Joe Biden with these stories. Well, Sid, until we get the revelations on Biden, Trump wasn't out of the woods. I thought he was. And now this Mike Pence, he's free. I mean, this is a major story. It shows the it shows the inequities in which how these things are handled. I'll raid I'll raid your place. And I'll ask, you know, and when it comes to Joe Biden, I'll, I'll knock on the door and say, eventually, do you mind if I go check out one of your houses? The other guy gives up 16 boxes a day. They ask. They say, we'd like to see more. They show him. He goes, I'd like to take this. They said, we'd like to hold on to this. They say, we're going to subpoena. He goes, well, let's meet about it. And in between the let's meet about it, they raid the place and go through Baron Sokdra. All right. They go through Melania's closet as opposed to, hey, Joe. Do you mind if I go to your beach house next week? They only do it on weekends, which is nice. So he's go, he's going to go to Camp David this week, and they're probably going to go to Rehoboth. So America's getting to see the different ways in which it's handled. And now Mike Pence, who's the definition of integrity, says, I had my staff go through it. Well, it turns out one of the boxes has yeah. some uh, material yeah, Pence has it, classified. So, yeah. but, so but, don't you think, uh, Sid, it neutralizes everything? Well, I mean, it puts I, I, Donald I, I, Trump I, I, in the clear? I, I think it does, but this is not a new story. I mean, the fact that Donald Trump gets treated differently than everybody else, we've seen that now for six years. I mean, Merrick Garland can talk all he wants, and the DOJ can say whatever they want. So can the FBI. This is not a new story. I mean, the documents are new. But for six years, we've been seeing how Donald Trump gets treated differently from everybody else. This is just another example of something that, quite frankly, is getting kind of old. As of yesterday, uh, yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know how as a senator, you know, I was talking to Trey Gowdy yesterday, Lindsey Graham, and just going, guys, what is the procedure? He said, you have to intentionally take it. You have to stick it in your pants. I mean, this is even before what? the uh, Blackberry. <laughs> you got to stick, stick this stuff in your pants Put it in your sock, and you got to deny it. When people say, "Do you have anything?" You got to say no. So he took these this paperwork when he was senator. I mean, before the Apple Watch, where they don't let you go in there with an Apple Watch. So that shows intent. Nobody thinks that Mike Pence intentionally did it. 
Nobody thinks that Donald Trump was trading secrets doing for memorabilia. I ask you, what you know, we, we look at the bigger picture with that laptop and we wonder why is Joe's brother's house not raided? What does Hunter know? Miranda Devine looks at some of these emails uh, when I drew through Burisma, and she thinks he, uh, somehow Hunter got a look at some intelligence in order to put together these sophisticated emails. That is something of interest, but I think it just makes Biden weaker, but it doesn't stop him from running again. I still right. think in a couple right. of weeks we'll be talking about his reelection campaign. I do too. And Donald Trump evidently has ticked up seven points uh, since this, uh, all the revelations came out about Biden. Can you imagine if he keeps his powder dry and goes back to the fun-loving guy that ran in 2015, 2016, and, and stop talking about 2020? He'll become much more formidable. Well, I think he already is. In fact, I had Larry Trump on the show two days ago, and, and she talked about the president, how focused he is, and how he's ready to go, and, you know, the Ron DeSantis factor doesn't really scare him. She goes, listen, Sid, I live in Florida. So does Kimberly. So does Donald Jr. We love this state. And Ron's doing a great job as governor. But as we always talk about, there's a big difference between being a great governor of one state and running the country. Ron DeSantis has potential. Donald Trump's already done it. So, yes, to your point, if he remains focused off of what we see now with Joe Biden and the document scandal, if Donald Trump stays away from saying something stupid, which is no guarantee, by the way, then he's going to put himself in very, very good position. Yeah. But I, I think that Ron DeSantis, I mean, even with this education thing, is another perfect play. He's looking at education. It doesn't look like politics. If you read the curriculum when it comes to these schools and African-American studies, it doesn't mean don't study the African-American experience. It means the curriculum, basically written by Black Lives Matter, is anti-American. You go over and, and you know you talk about Booker T. Washington. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, and then talk about W.E.B. Du Bois. Go ahead. Yep. But you talk to Shelby Still, talk about Al Sharpton, talk about more of the, but would you don't go in there and only talk about leftist ideology and make people think that if you're black, you shouldn't be an American. And he looked at the curriculum. He didn't look at the title. And again, that's great instincts for DeSantis. And I keep in mind, the person that's going to get this nomination has to be able to get not Sid Rosenberg. But to get people that are Democrats and independents, yep. those are, yep, that's yep, a yep. candidate. Anybody else, doesn't matter if they agree with you or not, you're, wait, you're spinning your wheels. That's what we learn. If you're going you, to put a nominated candidate that gets 39%, you have lost. And ask yourself, what does it take to win? Well, you just nailed it. You need to get Danielle Rosenberg, not Sid Rosenberg, to win this race. About two minutes to go, Brian. We're down to the but final. you still have value, Sid. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't, I don't want this hurting your self-esteem. <laughs> down to the final four in, uh, in the National Football League. A couple of weeks away now from Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix, Arizona. Some really great matchups here. The Eagles hosting San Francisco. And uh, for the second straight year, the Bengals, who I think is the best team in football right now, in Kansas City taking on the Chiefs. Give me uh, the winners and the Super Bowl matchup coming up in three weeks. I think it's for the third time we will see the 49ers play the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. How about uh, that? Uh, yeah, I think for the third time we're going to see it. It's an easy, uh, it's an easy sell. And I think the, the 49ers gotten better each year. The biggest story that I can remember, the most intriguing story that I can uh, think of in football is this Brock Purdy situation. How do you go undefeated as a guy carrying a clipboard and street clothes, mm. the last person in the draft, yep. to leading a team to the NFC title game? Yep. Uh, I mean, and do you see him scan the field? 
He scanned the fields like a video game. I'm saying, how the hell is he so relaxed? He is you terrific. Know, it, took Daniel, it, yep. it took Daniel Jones uh, three years to be. I, I admit he had no line, and they got, he's got a great line. But this guy scans the field like he's Joe Montana, literally in Joe Montana's uniform. Yep. So I, and, and I just can't believe that what he's able to do. So I don't see the moment being too big for him. If last week wasn't too big against the Cowboys, right. I don't think this week will be too yeah. big. I actually think uh, Dallas should have won that game. Dak Prescott had two brutal interceptions. As good as this kid has been, he's not winning in Philadelphia. <laughs> on the road in a game like this. I like the Eagles and the Bengals, but hey, you may be right. Joe Montana beat the Bengals twice in the 80s, beating Forrest Gregg now, and Kenny it. Anderson and then Sam Weish and Boomer Esiason. Right. Uh, Forrest Gregg did not play in that game. He coached. Right, and as did Sam Weish. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Uh, but, but Sid, will you, when you, when the 49ers win, yeah. will you bring back this soundbite no. of Brian Kilmeade being right and no. Sid being wrong? Absolutely not. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm, got, I'm talking to Justin. Justin's taping it. He's got his reel-to-reel going. He's going to edit it down. Uh, and we're going to play this back because I will be right again. And then I'm going to Arizona to do <laughs> – I'll do the show Friday and Monday, by the way. Oh, you are? Arizona. Really? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's all true. Oh, that's awesome. Good for right. you. Hey, listen, man, your show on ABC is uh, is great. It really is. You're great on Fox News. And I love you on this show once a week. Thank you so much for coming on again today. Right. We'll talk again very soon. But we'll never have twice a week, right? Once a week is enough. Correct? No, you're working your way towards twice a week. And by the way, you're working your way towards moving in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Sid. We'll see. Thanks so much for your support. You're a superstar. You too. Thank and you. Stay there. within yourself. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Play your game. There he is, right. 10 o'clock every weekday after me, Brian Kilmeade. And, of course, check him out on Fox and & Friends and One Nation on Fox News. We'll take a break. Coming up shortly, the mayor of New York City, my friend Eric Adams, right here on Sid & Friends in the morning. 